presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavolin. It's Wednesday, and your two big stories of the day, what to expect for the rest of this week, and what to expect in 2022. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. It took a while, but Democrats have finally dealt with most of the tricky debt and spending issues that prevented them from fully focusing on the Biden legislative agenda. The Senate passed a debt limit increase of $2.5 trillion yesterday afternoon, and the House followed suit just after midnight this morning. Congress should be freed from addressing the issue again until 2023. A final vote on the long-stalled NDAA is likely in the Senate today. Congress has funded the government through mid-February. You don't get a big pat on the back for doing the basics, but the three issues were all cleared with some degree of bipartisanship and less brinksmanship and drama than expected. The next big hurdle for Democrats? Well, in some ways, it's the only hurdle for Democrats, Senator Joe Manchin. Up on Politico today, Marianne Levine and Burgess Everett break down Manchin's role as the key to moving both President Joe Biden's Build Back Better and voting rights legislation. Quote, During Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's leadership meeting on Monday evening, Democratic senators hotly debated how to handle their two biggest unfinished tasks. Some Democrats say they should kick both issues until next year. Others argue the party's leverage over Manchin won't improve over time and want action now. Manchin is not yet committed to the $1.7 trillion climate and social safety net legislation, nor does he support changing the Senate rules to push through an elections bill on a simple majority. He spoke with Biden Monday about the domestic spending bill, and met with the trio of Democrats Tuesday to discuss voting rights and the rules changes needed to pass it. Signs that the West Virginia Democrat is still open to casting his critical vote for both measures. Manchin is expected to speak to Biden again soon and also discussed voting rights legislation in Tuesday's full caucus meeting. Some key quotes, Senator Raphael Warnock, voting rights should be the very next thing we do. Elizabeth Warren, there's no policy reason they have to be linked, but they do come down to the same person. Schumer, there's a strong belief in the Senate that we can restore the Senate and at the same time deal with voting rights. And that's what we're aiming to do. There's no white smoke from the upper chamber yet about where Manchin will land on either issue. We've been bullish that some version of the reconciliation bill will pass, even if it's trimmed further. But the odds for voting rights legislation are longer. Given Manchin's continued reluctance to come around on either front after months and months of talks, the possibility that Democrats will fail to pass both bills is becoming more real. Doug Sosnick was an advisor to President Bill Clinton for six years, and for some dozen years, he's written regular memos about national trends that have attained something of a cult following among political junkies. In today's playbook, we got the first look at his latest memo, a look ahead to the 2022 midterm elections and beyond. A key focus for Sosnick in determining the outcome of the midterms is where things stand in late summer of next year, when views about the economy and the direction of the country harden, and it's too late for the Biden administration to change them. That gives the administration about six to eight months to turn things around. Pay attention to employment numbers, inflation data, and the University of Michigan consumer confidence data released July 15th and August 12th. Sosnick also has a nice rundown and summary of what he calls the five myths about American politics in the age of Trump. One, Donald Trump's victory in 2016 was an aberration. Two, demography is destiny, and that is good for Democrats. Three, a higher turnout is always good for Democrats. Four, the Trump presidency has realigned the suburbs toward the Democratic Party. And five, Democrats have pushed independence into the arms of the Democratic Party. If you want more tidbits about the 2022 Senate, House, and Governor races, check out today's edition of Playbook. 
Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 8 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 9 a.m., Biden will leave the White House for Fort Campbell, Kentucky. He'll survey tornado damage with an aerial tour at 11.35. He'll also head to Mayfield, Princeton, and Dawson Springs, Kentucky. He'll deliver remarks in Dawson Springs about the administration's response to the storms at 4 p.m. At 5.10, Biden will depart Kentucky and head back to the White House. Principal Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre will gaggle on Air Force One on the way to Kentucky. The White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 11 a.m. The Senate is in today. The House is out. All right, that's all I've got for you today. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghuman Aval, and have a great Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. The federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour since 2009. In the same time, food and beverage costs have increased 18%. Transportation costs up 16%, housing costs up 23%, and medical costs up 32%. In 2018, Amazon introduced a starting wage of at least $15 an hour for all U.S. employees. A new, independent study found that Amazon's wage increase produced a 2.6% increase in the average hourly wage among other employers in the same market. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15.